Hi guys, it's Al. How you doing? Alright, so thanks for listening to my show. I, uh, I had some sad news today. Uh, my, the woman that I grew up uh, knowing as my grandmother uh, passed away today. And uh, her name was Arlene Steiner. And she was a really wonderful woman, a great grandma. And uh, it was kind of sad uh, that she she passed. But, you know, she had a big, long life uh, full of lots of stuff. And, um, yeah. It just makes me think of all the, you know, all the times that I spent with her when I was a boy. And, uh, you know, before, before I got all uh, intellectual and rebellious about, especially about religion, I was... I was one of those uh, young adults that was really um, questioning uh, the status quo and uh, questioning uh, organized religion, and she was very much um, into her uh, Mennonite religion. And for me, it was just like it was like an elitist. Uh, I thought Christianity was kind of elitist because you know only believers get to go to heaven and i would get into arguments about it and with well not arguments but you i would you know a little bit we would have theological conversations and 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 it didn't really i mean it it mattered a lot to her and you know but that's not really what what i thought about today when she when she died you know it's those conversations i had in my 20s and with her it's more like the feelings that i had when i visited her as a little boy and uh and it um and those are good feelings you know she was a really good grandmother you know she would make us uh cinnamon rolls and and the thing i remember the most about my aunt my grandma arlene uh was her laugh she had this really really kind of i don't know how to describe it it's really sing-songy Laugh that would always trail off into a little, little sort of hum. <laughs> I don't know. I can't ex- describe. It. Anyway, um, w- she was a great woman, and um, she was dearly loved by many people. And uh, she deeply loved a lot of people. And I'm really glad that she, uh, and she was really deeply spiritual. And she um, really took to heart the teachings of Jesus. And I respect that a lot in her, and her her yearnings were really pure. And she had a, she had overcame a lot in her life. I mean, she had a kind of a hard life, uh, a hard childhood, and and um, so so that's what's going on with me. So I'm going to play a song. This one's going out to um, Arlene, wherever you are. Um, we love you. Bye bye.
was a secret chord The David played and it pleased the Lord But you don't really care for music, do you? Well, it goes like this The fourth, the fifth The minor fall and the major lift The baffled king composing
Or maybe there's a God above But all I've ever learned from love Was how to shoot somebody who I've too young And it's not a cry that you hear at night It's not somebody who's seen the light It's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah
toxic waste Indiscriminate cyclopid Leviathan Rising on the banks And the neighbor's boyfriend is screaming Some patriotic treason It's my right to drive big ass pickups on the lawn Yeah, but nowhere was it written Just because you once were smitten With tight muscles and girly getting Those things must all remain in love with you That was a double barrel Daryl, and uh, my cousin. Uh, that's my cousin's band, uh, Andrew Ross. Uh, his middle name is taken after Arlene's second, first, no, first husband, no, second. <laughs> anyway, uh, it was my grandma, my step grandmother. She uh, she married my grandfather. And uh, she she died today. So those two songs were kind of for her. First one was Jeff Buckley's version of the Leonard Cohen song "Hallelujah," and the uh, the next one was a song called "Baby Boy" by Double Barrel Daryl. 
And uh, so anyway, um, maybe we'll just move on, uh, talk about some other stuff. Like, um, I did want to talk about this whole uh, pepper spray incident. Uh, <laughs> so, what's his face? Uh, Nick Inzunza, the mayor of National City, um, uh, a couple weeks ago, or whenever it was, maybe this last week, he said he was going to make a uh, sanctuary. Hey, what's up? Hi. And um, a sanctuary city. Basically, he wasn't going to spend National City's tax dollars on enforcing federal immigration laws. Which, hey, that's, you know, why? If the feds want to enforce their laws, they can spend their money. So, you know, whatever. He was going to call that a sanctuary city uh, for immigration folks. And uh, so, of course, the Minutemen uh, had to voice their opposition to that. And, you know, good on you. Hey, if you, you know, if that's something that's important to you, you and you want to organize and get your people rallied up and go out there and make a statement, you know, rock on. Don't be surprised, though, when, you, when others who don't agree with you go out there. And, okay, here's my thing about that. Okay, let me just... Let me just preface where I'm coming from. I think it's what's what's known as uh, the Hegelian dialectic, where you have one side and, and uh, a thesis, and then you have the antithesis. So you have right-wing or pro-USA patriots, all these guys, uh, you know, talking about... Uh, Law and Order and USA, USA, and all that stuff, and and there's a lot, there's a lot about that that I can get behind, really, to be honest, because um, I'm into, I'm into borders, and as long as they are negotiable, um, fluid, not, uh, you know, and and they make sense, like they're broken up, and and a lot of them, so that there's not just. Like I'd prefer it if if California California's borders were more like the state with a capital S of California, and we were all in the United States of America instead of uh, like we were all anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm digressing. Okay, so basically, these guys they they had their little protest, right? USA chanting USA and and uh, down with Nzunza and uh, Mexicans go home that kind of thing. Okay, so then uh, my friends, I have some friends who are, I guess uh, for want of a better word, anarchists, and uh, uh, maybe they're and, and and they don't agree with these guys. They don't think they don't believe in in any kind of borders at all, and think rightly or wrongly that uh these guys are uh racist jerks and um, but rather than going up there and being all like aggro and humorless about the whole thing they, they dress up as clowns and they're the clandestine rebel insurgent clown army and uh so they went up over there and and they were antagonizing them and you know and messing with their trip and well, that's all. That should be fine, as far as I'm concerned. It's all good. You want to make your public protest? You need you need to be able to take public counter protests, and that's part. And that's that's when you get into dialogue. That's when you get to maybe realize that these guys have the same issues and same concerns as you do. Really, 
um, you know, making sure that um, that families can have jobs that support them and take care of each other and all these things. They're very similar um, ideas and, in a way, ideologies. Um, they're looking for justice and, and uh, all this good stuff. But then there's one guy at that place goes and pepper sprays some of these clowns and their and their party, you know, all these counter protesters of the Minutemen. So this Minutemen guy, he's got his little yellow can of pepper spray and sprays these guys in the face. Now, that ain't right. It's just not right. I don't care about your when it comes right down to all of a sudden it's not about politics or talking about these 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 left right issues that I think are um keeping the people separate from each other when we should be uniting and taking on and focusing our energy on the real enemy the the people who like this kind of uh this kind of conflict because it keeps the people fighting each other um I'm talking about the 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 forces of globalization, the people behind CAFTA, the people behind NAFTA, the people behind the uh, IMF and the World Bank and the Trilateral Commission and the Council on Foreign Relations and these types of organizations. They love it. They love it when these right wing, you know, Minutemen guys uh, and these left wing uh, anarchist clowns want to get in the streets and you know kind of have their little theater with each other they love that because it keep gets them off the hook and meanwhile they're they're both complaining about globalization both those parties are complaining about globalization but are blaming the, each other for um their limited understanding their limited perspective of what's really going on so but either way that's all beside the point when it gets to the point where it's all now i'm going to feel like i can pepper spray you that ain't cool. Now, you think, Al, how do you know? What, what the heck do you know? Well, my friends also videotaped it. So if you go to YouTube.com and you type in um, clown and search like search the clown Minutemen, you'll find it probably uh, pretty pretty quickly. And uh, it's just bogus. I mean, it's just kind of like, psh, you know, spraying, you know. And who is this guy? And his face is totally on the on the video. It's pretty clear who it is. In fact, they even name him on that video. And um, in a way, maybe he's lucky he sprayed the um, the anarchists because, you know, anarchists, I don't know, would you be an anarchist if you filed a lawsuit against them for a, uh, that person for an assault? I mean, it's not really an anarchist style to to say, oh, the guy pepper sprayed me. I'm going to sue him for assault or, or get try to get the cops to come in with their, you know, it's like that's uh, that's sort of, in my mind, a disconnect. And so maybe it's safe. The safest person to ever assault is an anarchist, because he, because if he's a true anarchist, he's not going to go run into the cops. Of course, he might just kick your ass. Uh, <laughs> but you know, he had his whole that that minute man. He could do that because he had his whole posse there, and the cops were in their riot gear, and they weren't going to do anything. And then. Uh, you know, I was actually talking to these guys that that were pepper sprayed. I was talking to them face to face, and they said that later, then they when they're rolling on the ground with they're covering their eyes, going ah, my eyes. One of one of these guys rolls got down on the ground and started rolling around mockingly, going ooh, boo hoo, I got sprayed, and then say telling the media that 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 they're lying, that they claim to be sprayed by pepper spray, but they only sprayed water at them. I mean, come on. 
I mean, these guys are, are, quote, law and order and, you know, personal responsibility and accountability and government and blah, blah, blah. The right-wing kind of uh, blowhards are always talking about that stuff. But then when it comes right down to it, you know, basically they're showing their what I consider, you know, uh, racist or or uh, low low brow with their low blows. It's just bogus. It really pissed me off. So anyway, and plus, you know, I knew the, these some of these people personally. You know, I'm I'm, I'm friendly with them. I see them around sometimes, and um, you know, I'm you know I'm a friend of anybody who challenges the government and questions government because the government's usually wrong 99.99 percent of the time. Um, in fact, I can't remember the last time the government got got anything right except for maybe the Bill of Rights. Uh, anyway. So, yeah, go to YouTube.com, check out the video. Um, uh, so, anyway. So, hey, check this, listen to this. This is a, this is kind of funny. I'm going to change the subject completely here. Oh, wait, let me just make sure this is ready. It's not. Okay. Here we go. Health Canada says the best way to avoid the flu is vaccination, which in many provinces is free. Well, let's see if these recent flu shot recipients can help reveal the mystery of why Cheetos and Pop-Tarts list their ingredients while vaccines do their best not to. Are you aware of the ingredients in the vaccine? Uh, I know there's some egg products. I don't think they offered us a list of ingredients, though. That, no, I don't know. This is blind faith for me. But did you know that there's uh, mercury in that shot? No, I didn't. Oh, I did not, no. Are you glad that it's free? Yes. But you know it's not really free. Yes. Well, it's paying for, through our taxes, right? So, If I sneeze right now, would you be okay with that? No. Well, these people confirm two things. Some are happy to wait in line for a secret serum, and nobody likes getting sneezed on. But what if drug companies are right? What if tricking your body into thinking it's already sick doesn't make you sick? What if there's not enough vaccine to go around? You should know that making your own is easier than brewing your own beer. <laughs> and it could save your life. Well, the first thing you need is a live virus. Now, is there anyone here suffering from the flu? Uh, I, uh, Sir, would you favor us by discharging directly onto these chicken embryos? Uh, I, I think I could do the hell. <laughs> okay. Oh. We now have our chicken embryos and our live virus. Now, from the pickled frog jar, your local school's biology class, we'll keep that virus dead like the drug companies do with formaldehyde. Now, careful, don't get any frog in the mix. That'd be gross. Now, uh, let's add a little ether. Careful, don't fall asleep. And then we dump some detergent in there. That keeps it clean. Remember when your mother lost her mind when you played with mercury because it never leaves your body? Well, that makes it a great preservative. If you have a thermometer... Well, staying healthy is a lot more important than room temperature. Now, all of this goes into the centrifuge, like this blender, and... Hey, hey, hey! It's vaccine for the whole family. Well, the debate over whether vaccines usually don't work or aren't fully safe may never end, which at least explains why the contents are rarely publicized. Uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just, I'm just But it's government recommended. Oh, well, that's my eye on the flu shot.
All right. Uh, that's uh, I found that on uh, Google Video. Uh, so there's a video that goes along with it. Maybe it's obvious. Anyway, so I liked it. Um, maybe I'll uh, read you a news story that I found today. Okay, I will. Uh, this is from the Washington Post. And uh, the title is The ID Chip You Don't Want in Your Passport. And uh, it says, If you have a passport, now is the time to renew it, even if it's not set to expire anytime soon. If you don't have a passport and think you might need one, now is the time to get it. In many countries, including the United States, passports will soon be equipped with RFID chips. And you don't want one of these chips in your passport. RFID stands for Radio Frequency Identification. Passports with RFID chips store an electronic copy of the passport information, your name, a digitized picture, etc. And in the future, the chip might store fingerprints or digital visas from various countries. By itself, this is no problem. But RFID chips don't have to be plugged into a reader to operate. Like the chips used for automatic toll collection on, on roads or automatic fare collection on subways, these chips operate via proximity. The risk to you is the possibility of surreptitious access. Your passport information might be read without your knowledge or consent by a government tr- trying to track your movements, a criminal trying to steal your identity, or someone just curious about your citizenship. At first, the State Department belittled those risks, but in response to criticism from experts, it has implemented some security features. Passports will come with a shielded cover, making it much harder to read the chip when the passport is closed. And there are now access control and encryption mechanisms, making it harder for an unauthorized reader to collect, understand, and alter the data. Although those measurements help, they don't go far enough. The shielding does no good when the passport is open. Travel abroad and you'll notice how often you have to show your passport at hotels, banks, and internet cafes. Anyone intent on harvesting passport data could set up a reader at one of those places. And although the State Department insists that the chip can be read only by a reader that is inches away, the chips have been read from many feet away. The other security mechanisms are also vulnerable and several security researchers have already discovered flaws. One found that he could identify individual chips via unique characteristics of the radio transmissions. Another successfully cloned a chip. The State Department called this a meaningless stunt, pointing out that the researcher could could not read or change the data, but the researcher spent only two weeks trying. The security of your passport has to be strong enough to last 10 years. This is perhaps the greatest risk. The security mechanisms on your passport chip have to last the lifetime of your passport. It is as ridiculous to think that passport security will remain secure for that long as it would be to think that you won't see another security update for Microsoft Windows in that time. Improvements in antenna technology will certainly increase the distance from which at which they can read and might even allow unauthorized readers to penetrate the shielding. Whatever happens if you have a passport with an RFID chip, you're stuck. Although popping your passport in the microwave will disable the chip, the shielding will cause all kinds of sparking. And although the United States has said that a non-working chip 
will not invalidate a passport, it is unclear if one with a deliberately damaged chip will be honored. The Colorado Passport Office is already issuing RFID passports, and the State Department expects all U.S. passport offices to be doing so by the end of the year. Many other countries are in the process of changing over, so get a passport before it's too late. With your new passport, you can wait another 10 years for an RFID passport when the technology will be more mature, when we will have a better understanding of the security risks, and when there will be other technologies we can use to cut the risks. You don't want to be a guinea pig on this one. This was written by Bruce Schneier. Schneier? Schneier. So, um, and, you know, the thing that I notice, um, yeah, so is when this statement, uh, the risk to you is the possibility of surreptitious access. Your passport information might be read without your knowledge or consent by a government trying to track your movements. Hmm, what government could that be? Gee, could it be my own government? So, yeah, like, yeah. Remember that old NSA thing? All right. Okie dokie. So, yeah, I talked about this pepper spray. I played that little anti-vaccine uh, clip. And I talked about the thingamajiggy with the uh, passport. So that's where I'm at. And I'm going to go ahead and just kick back, play some music. And um, chill out a little bit. Let's see what we got. Here's a Shira girl. I played her on another show recently, but I really like her. This is Go Go Go.
Let's have a baby before Bush do something crazy. And uh, so, yeah, it's a good idea. Uh, in case you didn't know, I'm about to have a baby. Uh, I already have a little girl, and I'm about to have a little boy. So, I'm pretty excited about that. Should come around uh, end of October. So, I think November, I'm going to be taking a little break from my from my little radio show, at least for a couple weeks. Because I just got to be in that baby bliss, you know. It's just got to be, woo, surfing the astral plane. Because those babies, they're still mostly astral. They're just like, woo, 
<laughs> so anyway, I'm really looking forward to it. Really, really excited about my impending uh, blossom of my of my wife and the uh, baby that's involved. All right, uh, this is a speaking of uh, women. Here's the Ovulators with a song called Release.
Yeah, that was uh, that's gas with Hey Joey because he's got that tall Neanderthal going on. All right, uh, it's a little tribute to Joey Ramone, and uh, we're gonna play. Oops, wait a minute. Hold on, I'm gonna play this song. I found it on um, your bulletin board sucks. That's YBBS, uh, and uh, they've got a 9/11 truther. Um, forum there. You gotta check it out. It's pretty rad. And, um... And I'm gonna play this little song. I think a guy named John Gold wrote it. So, here you go.
Well, obviously, I was confused. That's Creedence Clearwater Revival with uh, wrote a song for everyone. Uh, but when uh, when I saw the the link for that, I downloaded it off this this thread, and it was by the thread was by John Gold. So I thought when he wrote wrote a song for everyone, I thought he wrote the song for everyone. See, <laughs> so, that's a good song. I like that song, Creedence Clearwater Revival, man. All right. Um, so, yeah, I'm just chilling out here, hanging out here at the spacious Radioactive Radio Studios. Uh, we've got uh, Jimmy Jack, Jimmy Joe on the on the mixer board. <laughs> and uh, we're having some fun here, fooling around. Um, Taking a taking a breather. Hey, stay stay tuned uh, though for next week, because next week I've got a great show lined up for you. I've got a guy named Ted Gunderson coming on my radio show, and that's going to be killer. In fact, all of October is looking to be a killer killer month of shows. I've got uh, Ted Gunderson on for the first Wednesday, and then. The following Wednesday, I don't, I'm not quite sure, but I think it's going to be good. And then the week after that, the middle of October, is Charlotte Isserbay, where we're going to be talking about the deliberate dumbing down of America. And then the last, the last we're going to close out October uh, with a guy named Doc Marquis. Now, if you don't know who Doc Marquis is, you could do a Google search of him. But basically, he claims that he was a, an initiate in the organization that refers to itself as the Illuminati. Uh, I don't use that phrase too much because it's generally um, heavily loaded <laughs> and people uh, discount you immediately when you start talking about it, even though uh, there are letters by George Washington talking about how he felt that the, um, the Freemasonic orders were uh, infected by this Illuminism crowd. Um, but, uh, uh, anyway, that's beside the point. Tune in at the end of the month for that show, uh, right in time for Halloween. So that'll be my sort of Halloween show. Um, so I'm just sort of, at this point, messing around, playing some music. Um, I'll be taking your calls if you want to call in, if you've got something you'd like to talk about, 619-269-4693. Give me a call. Uh, one more time, just so you know, uh, it's two six nine four six nine three. Give me a call. I'll put you on the air. You can vent your spleen and talk about how fantastic and what true patriots these Minutemen are, and how wrong I am, uh, and that they were just defending themselves from those obviously violent clowns. Right? Yes. Sure. Okay, so, oh, uh, also, I guess the Yahoo Instant Messenger is broken, so if you have AOL Instant Messenger, you can still Instant Message us with the AOL, but my Yahoo, I can't log into, um, so just, it's Radioactive SD. All right, um, so I'm just going to go keep on playing music. I might talk about some more news. Let's see if I can find a news story real quick that uh, is... uh, yeah, how about this one? Did you hear about, um, where was it? The um, CIA agents who refused to operate secret jails. 
The Bush administration had to empty its secret prisons and transfer terror suspects to the military-run detention center at Guantanamo this month, in part because CIA interrogators had refused to carry out further interrogations and run the secret facilities. When Mr. Bush announced the suspension of the secret prison program in a speech before his fifth anniversary for the September 11th terror attacks, some analysts thought he was trying to gain political momentum before the November midterm congressional elections. Former CIA officials said Mr. Bush's hand was forced because interrogators had refused to continue their work until the legal situation was clarified because they were concerned that they could be prosecuted for using illegal techniques. One intelligence source also said the CIA had refused to keep these secret prisons going. Wow. So, yeah. Um, Hey, you know, last show... Uh, last show, I um, I tried to I tried to play uh, this this U clip, and it didn't work. Hmm. It might still not work, but I was gonna play it again. And uh, but in the meantime, I, I'm gonna play that clip that uh, that that clip. But in the meantime, I'm gonna play some music. I'm just trying to think of what what be a good good song to play. You know. I'm realizing that, uh, you know, I don't really know. I like the last poets. I'll play this one. This is men, mentality. This is lost. The last poets. I don't know the song. This is this is my. If you know my show, every show I do at least one song that I've never heard before. So this is it. Uh, even though I do know the last poets, so this should be amusing. Here you go. When he told Adam to try what he was told not to try, and Adam didn't ask the question why. And when he died after that first try, and the sky sent man on the quest for getting a high, meaning a higher inspired state of being, the transcendent mind is to be seeing what God is seeing, to live without him, to be created at the same time, all in the confines of the human mind. Split the same of reality dream when the feeling's so clean, you think it's part of the orphan scheme. But man didn't have that much brain, so luck, all he wound up doing was getting fucked up. High off whiskey and wine, high off champagne, high off lying and cheating and ill-gotten gain, high off lust and pleasure and fear and pain, smoke dope and pills and they can't cocaine. Easy little tone, easy little rush, easy piece of illusion to soften the crush. The inner soul becomes the outer glee, the moment becomes exciting while begging to be free. Don't worry about it, I've got control, don't worry about the madness lurking in my soul. So subtle, precise, so focused in goal, the truth becomes pretense, the lie becomes bold, the morning becomes need, the night satisfaction, the moment becomes open to... Fatal attraction, pretty little girls and pretty little sighs, pretty little deceptions become pretty little highs. The movie, the song, the opening scene, the moment sparkles and then becomes so mean. Slow dance, fast dance. 
yourself, you're losing your mind, you're on the floor, searching for something you would never find, because you lost your soul on that brave first hit, now you gotta use coke to replace it with, but you can't find peace no matter how much you get, so all you can get is another hit, you're a monster living but you walk like the dead, coke is the voice that's inside your head, I hope you can dig what I just told you, the only safe coke is a Coca-Cola piece. Surprise, partially hopeful and then partially denied. Lonely women and fireplaces, burning memories into their faces. Empty bottles against the wall, a knock on the door, a sound in the hall. Kiss me long, kiss me now. Tell me you love me, but don't tell me how. You cross my mind, but I don't know why. Sometimes your spirit makes my body cry. Happy days have come and gone, trapped in the rapture that lingers on. Insanity in mirrors and smoke Sincerely yours in the name of Coke To shake that shadow, to take that stroll To let the mind take its toll Life or death, which way to go? The conscious degenerates and begins to flow Can't see the forest, can't see the trees Can't feel the change in the coming breeze The act of reason becomes desperation Hesitation, God becomes distant and yet so close. The sensation comes easy and then easy goes. Taking advantage while taking the breaks, almost forgetting what it takes. Caught in between the coming back, caught in the moment of the closing act, revealing to self on what to find. The positive frame and the state of mind. Waking up the morning to the beginning of you, waking up to be sure. See you through. So what's the puzzle? Why the quiz? Enjoy the moment. 
said We got a formal education about entertainment and information Though by now, I think we figured out what's real I like those people on the TV They're nothing like me, that's not reality It's just what we're shown But try and tell me when I'm 14 And all the things I see would have learned from the TV Is what I believe And it's all just a fireball Okay, that was a song called uh, Fireball, or What I Learned from TV, by a cat named Spoonboy. And uh, so there you go. And before that was uh, Rumi Go Through Me by a band called Dub Gabriel. And, um, and I promised you that I would find that U clip, and I found it, so I'm going to play it. So here you go. Wisdom. Wait a minute. Okay, so... The president deems that he's got to torture somebody, including by crushing the testicles of the person's child. There is no law that can stop that. No treaty. No, and then also no law by Congress. That's what you wrote in the August 2002 memo. I think it depends on why the president thinks he needs to do that. Okay. So that's, uh... That's... John Yu talking about uh, <laughs> yeah, crushing the testicles of a child to get the parent to talk and then why the why the the uh, <laughs> uh, president thinks that he needs to do that okay I mean, this shit's crazy I mean we are living in some crazy times when that, that's even like Considered even like could have been possibly maybe okay, maybe. I mean, what? That's crazy. Um. Yeah. All right. Uh, hey, there's a there's a um. What do you call it? An election coming up. Mm, yeah. I'm really, really excited about that. Boy, there's going to be, boy, there's going to be big changes. Ooh, man, watch out. There's going to be like, like maybe some Democrats going to get elected. Wow. Man, it's all going to be like over. It's going to be like, oh, man, it's the sun's going to come up. It's going to be a brand new day. Wow. Yeah. Here's a song called Exit Polls by Kang and Kodos. Check this out. All these um, diebold board members gave 
thousands of dollars to the Republican the Party their John Kerry won Ohio in 2004. The I think it's crazy.
one of the reasons that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, uh, in teaching us here in America, uh, is giving us a solution that differs drastically from the sit-in movement. He's trying to make us men. Now, the, the very fact that you find students all over the world today are standing up for their rights and fighting for their rights. But here in America, the so-called Negro students have allowed themselves to be maneuvered under a tag uh, of sit-in. Uh, the word sit itself is not an honorable tag. Anybody can sit. An old woman can sit. A coward can sit. A baby can sit. Anything can sit. But it takes a man to stand. And uh, when they attach this uh, uh, sit-in uh, term or title uh, to this movement, it stigmatizes it. It stigmatizes it, in my opinion. Is this the passivity of it that you object to? Uh, well, that uh, actually, I guess it describes it. The, the name describes its nature. The, it's a passive thing, and uh, also we act, we feel that to try and sit down in another man's restaurant to drink a cup of coffee is insane. Uh, if uh, if I were in the South and and uh, a Southerner didn't want me to eat in his restaurant, and I forced my way in and then let him go back in his kitchen and prepare some coffee for me to drink, I'd consider myself insane to drink it. Uh, we don't think that that's the solution. We feel that uh, rather than to force our way into someone else's restaurant or a public place that they have established, that uh, we should get our own. Once we have our own, uh, we're respected for the fact that we can create our own. And uh, that's equality right there. All right, so that was uh, Malcolm X, a little bit of quote from him. And uh, I'm just sort of spinning stuff, having some fun. There's uh, something called The Underlying Politics of 9-11. And this is a, an expert of a speech given by Ralph Schoenman. So um, should be good. This is directed and edited by Kurt Nimmo, who has a really awesome blog. Uh, check it out, KurtNimmo.com. Now, what about the people who they were accusing of being the putative hijackers? They move around in the United States at will, in their own names. They buy tickets in their own names. They are monitored by the intelligence agencies, but no action is taken with reference to them. False flag operation. Of course, as you're undoubtedly aware, the putative hijackers were trained at United States military bases. At the Naval Air Station in Pensacola, Florida, known as the cradle of U.S. Navy aviation, according to Newsweek on September 15, 2001. At the Air War College in Montgomery, Alabama, confirmed by a high-ranking Pentagon official, Newsweek states. Three of the hijackers training in Pensacola were Saeed Al-Hamdi, Ahmed Ahlami, among those who were allegedly commandeering the United States Flight 93. Al-Hamdi helped hijack, they say, United Airlines Flight 75, which hit the South Tower. Mohammed Atta at Brooks Air Force Base, trained as well at the Monterey, California Defense Language Institute. Saeed Alhamdi at the Defense Language Institute in Monterey, California. All of them giving as their contact addresses the Pensacola 
Naval Air Station Base. This would lead the Vice Chairman of the Monterey Defense Language Institute, Colonel Stephen Butler, to issue a public letter in which he wrote that George W. Bush and his government were fully involved in the events of 9-11, prepared them, facilitated them, and he was no longer prepared to continue in his capacity in the Defense Language Institute in Monterey and resigned. He would be then said to have been cashiered, but in fact, he was no longer prepared to continue in that capacity. Everything that we see and learn with respect to the events of 9-11 shows the hand of intelligence and of the United States authorities in the promulgation of that event. It was not long after the events of 9-11 that a rather startling interview appeared conducted by Arno de Borsgrave, the editor-at-large of the United Press International, former editor of Newsweek, and of the Washington Times. This was an interview with the former head of the ISI, the Inter-Service Intelligence Services of Pakistan, General Gul Hamid. And what's significant about Gul Hamid is that he had been, in fact, the point man in charge of Al-Qaeda for the Central Intelligence Agency, the apparatus of Osama bin Laden, and of the Taliban, and had been, in fact, uh, the figure through which the CIA worked in coordinating the entire Islamic intelligence apparatus that they had prepared in that region. So consequently, when de Grave interviewed Gul Hamid, he anticipated that Gul Hamid would provide the official fiction for him to orchestrate. He was in for something of a surprise. It is clear there was a plot by the United States Air Force against the Pentagon. The Twin Towers were first attacked at 8.45 a.m. Four flights were diverted from their assigned airspace, yet Air Force just didn't scramble standard procedure until 10 a.m. An Air Force rebellion, a coup perhaps, radars are jammed, transponders fail, there's no friend or foe identification, it's an inside job. Now, who could this have been? You will see it will be hushed up like the Warren report after the Kennedy assassination, Gulhami continues. The Borsgrave asks him, what about Osama bin Laden? And Gulhami says, from a cave inside a mountain, from a peasant's hovel. Look, I'm in intelligence. I'm involved in these operations. This man can't move without being monitored. Every communication is heard by you. Are you really seriously suggesting he can, he can mount so sophisticated an operation? Let's be serious. We know who's involved with this. Mossad and its American associates. The United States, he says, has been preparing this for a considerable time. Bush 43, Gulhamid says, and he means by that the uh, uh, George W., as opposed to Bush 41, his father, have been involved. Bush 43 is actually uh, the uh, vehicle for a long-standing operation. Mossad and its U.S. accomplices. You spend $40 billion a year on 11 intelligence agencies, yet you say you're taken by surprise, don't believe it. Within 10 minutes of the second Twin Tower being hit, 
CNN is announcing that Osama bin Laden had done it. I'm in intelligence. This is a piece of disinformation by the real perpetrators to create an instant mindset, to put public opinion in a trance, to prevent even intelligent people from thinking for themselves. Abu Hamid is not alone in arriving at that conclusion and not alone in being a figure involved in the intelligence operations concerning the figures who were blamed for the event. Andreas von Bülow, former Minister of Research and Technology in Germany, 25 years an SPD member of the German Parliament, a man who was coordinating intelligence for the German state, who in fact had written a book on the subject in the name of the state, gave an interview along similar lines. He says, there are 26 intelligence services in the United States with a budget of $60 billion. And why did the FBI take no position on what is transparently an intelligence operation? If this Atta was the decisive man in the operation, it is peculiar that he takes a plane, a puddle jumper from Portland, Maine, to reach Boston a short time before the connecting flight. Had his flight been a few minutes late, he would not have been on the plane that was hijacked. How can a sophisticated terrorist do this? By the way, none of the names of these people were on the passenger lists. None of them had gone through check-in procedures. Why did none of the threatened pilots Let's give the agreed-upon code, 7700. The black boxes, which are fire and shockproof, and the voice recordings contain uh, valuable data. But where are they? Like assailants in their preparation, leaving tracks behind them like a herd of stampeding elephants. This is a transparent operation of intelligence itself. Bambulo continues. He says, yes. He says... We monitored this group in Hamburg. Everything they did, every movement they made. American intelligence, German intelligence. The planning of the attack was organizationally that of a state. Hijacking four huge airplanes within a few minutes, within one hour uh, to drive them into their targets, with complicated flight maneuvers, this is unthinkable without the year-long support from the secret apparatuses of the state. And I can tell you that from experience. It's an elaborate and detailed interview. It spells out the role of German intelligence with respect to the group in Hamburg. It tells us that they were in fact sponsored by German intelligence and American intelligence organizations. It details the role of the intelligence services in facilitating the travel of these people, the funding of these people, the movement of these people to the United States, and their work and their operations in Venice, Florida. All right, that was uh, Ralph Schoenman, and uh, that was part one of something called The Underlying Politics of 9-11. I think I like that so much that I'm going to play part 11. And uh, I guess uh, I'm finding all this at 911blogger.com where there's a video that goes along with it. And um, looks like you can um, get, contact Kurt Nimmo at k.nimmo at comcast.net if you'd like a broad, broadcast quality DVD of this video. Um, so I'm just going to play another one because I really like that. I thought it was uh, well spoken and articulate. And if you like 
what this guy Ralph Schoenman is talking about and how he's putting it out there, um, stay tuned because I think what I'm going to just do now is after every every show of mine at uh, eight, I'm going to go ahead and play um, his and Maya Schoen's uh, great show called Taking Aim. So if you like it and if you listen to me live, stay tuned at eight, and I'm going to play um, uh, Taking Aim with Ralph Schoenman and Maya Schoen. In the meantime, here's some more underlying politics of 9-11. Here we go. Here. New York Times on January 2003. German intelligence was tracking the conspirators as early as 1998. 1998... The German intelligence were monitoring all movements and all meetings of Mohammed Atta and those who were in Hamburg. Indeed, every time they moved and every time they had communications, a specific transcript was relayed to the Central Intelligence Agency that was monitoring them as well. Mohammed Atta is intimately linked to the German government and the German intelligence itself the Mohammed Atta, about whom we know. The investigative reporter, Daniel Hopsicker, would establish that, in fact, a German intelligence agency front, the equivalent of AID, had financed every flight, every movement, every trip of Mohammed Atta, that the organization's two principal directors were David Rockefeller and Henry Kissinger, that their offices were principally at the United Nations Plaza in New York, that they were run under a cover of the Carl Duisberg Association, which was long an intelligence front. Mohammed Atta dossier is a paradigm of the false flag operation that we have seen at work in every aspect of 9-11, of 1993, and of antecedent events. There's a very particular aspect of the role attributed to Mohammed Atta. His father, a prominent lawyer in Cairo, long well-connected to the Egyptian government, gave an interview, which Newsweek published at length, in which he stated that on September 12th, he had a long telephone conversation with his son. The Newsweek article goes into particularity about the discussions that the father, Mohammed Alamir Atta, had with his son. And then he said something interesting. He said, my son was alive then, but he's gone now. Mossad killed him. He's been taken out. I was at my vacation home on the Mediterranean coast on September 12th. My son called me. We talked about normal things. He was clearly alive and well, and I'm quoting from Newsweek. Only later did I learn that he was no longer alive. They killed him. It was done by the Mossad using American pilots. The Newsweek article is unable and doesn't even attempt to refute what the father has said. Mohammed Atta worked for elite U.S.-German government exchange program. The United States State Department and the German Ministry of Economic Cooperation and Development funding Mohammed Atta. 
mysterious German couple were the hijackers' sponsors. The Carl Duisberg Group, a long-standing vehicle for intelligence funding, both in Germany and the United States. The hands of intelligence, the role of the putative hijacker, Mohammed Atta. Now, Mohammed Atta has been presented to us as a man who was a mastermind and a coordinator with other so-called terrorists, and a religious fanatic, and an Islamic fundamentalist. In fact, the Mohammed Atta, who was appearing at the flight schools in Venice, Florida, of Rudy Decker's and Arnie Krudhoff, which, by the way, were not only long established as being linked to the mob, but to intelligence itself, appears to have been a rather different person. Here is an account of his appearance in Shuckham's, a well-known bar in the area. He and his companions would drink stoli and fruit juice and drink rum and coke. They were perpetually drunk. They were doing lines of coke. And this again is Newsweek. Atta and his friends became agitated and were shouting curse words in Arabic, including a particularly blasphemous one that translates as fuck God. There was a squabble when the waitress tried to collect a $48 bill and Mohammed Atta became indignant. I work for American Airlines. I'm a pilot for American Airlines. What makes you think I have a problem paying the bill? He shows up in Tennessee. He asks to pilot a Cessna over sensitive targets. And he asks to carry chemicals on the plane. And he says, I'm a pilot for American Airlines. And I'm involved in an operation, says Mohammed Atta. This is the M.O. of a false flag operation. They arrive, the others, at Logan Airport, supposedly on the way to hijack the aircraft. They drive into the airport. They get into a pissing contest with another driver who is taking a parking space that they want. So they get out of their car, and in heavily Arabic-inflected English, they proceed to curse this man and to create such a scene that he calls the police. The police now find the vehicle, and lo and behold, inside the vehicle are maps and airline uniforms and indications of where their hotel room is. This is the character of an intelligence operation at work. Zacharias Basawi, the putative 20th hijacker. The man who every FBI field office had a fix on. The Minnesota office of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Report after report. We have Zacharias Masawi and his supposed links to the hijackers. Well, the BBC did a report. July 3rd, 2002. The man charged for 9-11... The only man charged for 9-11, Zacharias Massawi, has asked to testify before Congress. He states that he and the suspected hijackers were under full surveillance for the FBI prior to 
and the U.S. intelligence agencies arranged and wanted these attacks to happen, says the BBC. Latest in a series of handwritten notes written by Misawi to the judge. I have the relevant information and I have the proof regarding the organizing role and prior knowledge of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. And I ask for the opportunity to share this evidence with United States lawmakers who are holding hearings on intelligence failings leading up to the attack. And the BBC report continues that the statement by Masawi stipulates that he is prepared to put this documentation on record. Well, of course, the judge was most interested in this. So the next day, he shut down all further public and journalistic access to this trial and ruled that there would no longer be any communication with or about Zacharias Masawi in relation to the trial in question. This is the model, and this is the paradigm, and this is the nature of this particular operation known as the attacks on the World Trade Center and the Pentagon on 9-11-2001. All right. Um, so if you, that was um, put together by a guy named Kurt Nimmo, and you got to check out his website. It's K U R T N I M M O, KurtNimmo.com. It's also known as Another Day in the Empire. And uh, he's got a really great blog, and you can find the videos there, and uh, lots of good, really interesting, um, deep politics at that site. So, anyway. I'm going to start wrapping it up here. I'm going to play a couple more tunes and then roll out. Uh, yep, because uh, it's got stuff to do. Um, what's the, What was the name of that band? Uh, <laughs> oh, well. Oh. Here's a... Uh, Here's a song called Shark Attack by the Surf Punks. Oh, I couldn't find it. Dang it. Uh, let's try uh, Taj Mahal. me 
When things get say, yeah, you can cheer up each other. Grand, things ain't that thing. If we're fools in life, oh, I have been fool, I'd rather be. So, yeah, and uh, that was nice. I like I like Taj Mahal, don't you? He's always good. Um, I got a new Zero song, and if you don't know Zero, he's pretty rad. Uh, you just go to Zero.com, and he gives away all his music for, for nothing. Oh, speaking of people who give their music away for nothing, uh, MC Lynx is going to be coming down to San Diego October 14th and playing at our hip-hop benefit show. So um, if you're in San Diego or in Southern California, please come on down to our hip-hop show. We've got uh, local local favorites Id and Vision, the female MC, along with um, uh, MC Lynx. So we're going to close out the show with MC Lynx, but first we're going to play some Zero. This is Someday Rise. Uh, check him out. Oops. And I don't remember. Oh, that was that song again. Here we go. Oops. What's happening? Come on, sucker. Yeah. Let's see. There we go. Should work now, right? <laughs> uh, what's happening? Oh, I see. Wait. All right, there you go. Capitalist life is twisted. No love, tight fisted. Consciousness lifted. 
paradigm shifted. Don't be the same to be different. Every day's the same. Poor people feeling pain. This greed got me drained. This rage I can't contain. Happiness I can't feign. I've gone insane on this chain gang. We ghost dance, not for rain, but to stop your rain. System in flames, strung out on greed. Maybe more suffering and death is what we need. Maybe worse is better, you see. Expose the truth to those too blind to see. Like butterfly, I flutter on the tops of the redwood trees. Come with me. Population brain dead. Pharmaceuticals fucking with our heads. Sound of the underground, cause to be down. Compelled to rebel, deep water and you drown. Abolish our hope, demolished by the rich vote. Bishops keep elect just another evil pope. My burning sun will someday rise. To live, it's time to die. How can a young motherfucker grow with no food? What's the reason why? Tied to America by birth, but I'm kin to you because of hunger and thirst. Fighting the fight that's been the same, keeping alight the flame that keeps us sane. My fucking brain trained. I'm gonna kill my boss soon, so I never complain. We laid in wait so long. One bullet in my rifle, and we gone like the Viet Cong. Perceive the way you deceive and weave your lies to people never believe. For scraps we plead, covered up dirty deeds, education and ignored needs. Living off the back of the blood of the dog, like the fleas, no place to flee. The fog of war is all they see. Death on every channel on my TV. My burning sun will someday rise. Selfishness, making every fucking decision. Language is no longer poetry, but a tool of duplicity. Stolen from our hands, forgotten our ancestors. Before capitalist symbols and name brands. Swearing we can taste this illusion. Drunk in our cocoon, this pollution. Filling each breath with complicit delusion. My burning sun will someday rise. All right, that's going to do it for me tonight. Uh, uh, yeah. So here's uh, that MC Links I was telling you about. And uh, so come on out on October 14th and uh, check us out here at Vos Alta. It's 1544 Broadway, in case you didn't know. It's over next door to Landlord Jim's. And uh, this is a song called Empire's Fall. And uh, of that, we can only hope and put our best efforts forward so i hope you're with me in struggle and uh doing what you can do to bring these empires down all right be peaceful baby
Here, you see the reason why so many nations are building up their defenses. Here, you see the reason why we are spending billions of dollars in defense production. Why your family is paying the highest taxes in our history. The leaders tell us their only concern is the defense of their own nation. Is this so? Or are they ambitious for world conflict? In this treacherous system, the media manipulate, spreading misinformation through all 50 states. We innovate past hate, keep back and contemplate these metal minds. Manufacture a fractured debate and see my enemy's enemy is still my enemy. The fools must be in television and Hennessy can't see what's coming. All too lost in the spectacle, but a child is more than a bullet's receptacle. I was staying non violent in the streets, fearing beasts. Bushes bombing babies all throughout the Middle East. Soon as Saddam is gone, they'll prop up another puppet, put the game on repeat. No protest could stop. Time to take it to the next level of the ante. Watching power and rice like Amos and Andy. Money bleaches, but poverty stains. And poor black, white, brown all wear the same chains. It's the rich worldwide holding the reins. And they stay networked together like a massive mainframe. I'm finna pull the plug. Build an army out of thugs. Run up on them in the night. Spent on a war for oil As uranium bullets Poison water and soil They killing everything that moves In the whole vicinity Bombing for freedom is like fucking for virginity To the people of Iraq Occupation and liberty Just another attack On their sovereignty And self-determination Like on native reservations Where they sell off the wealth To giant corporations As the world looks on There's a slaughter in the making As the rich get richer And the poor face salvation Now we're facing a choice a line in the sand between a world revolution or a war without end Cause the profit system's built on endless expansion Got a finger on the button, holding us ransom Anyone who dares to speak out, so give me down So we're living in cages, like dogs in the dog now But I'm not down, to live my life on pause So I attack on the track with sound bites like Jaws I spit electricity at your brainstem Got a modest proposal, I wrote with the same pen Fuck nations, time to change and rearrange Then bring self-determination from Iraq to Ireland There was no connection between Iraq 9-11 and Al-Qaeda There was no connection between Iraq and the anthrax attack on this country Where are the weapons of mass destruction? Infrastructure, replace skyscrapers with permaculture, sustainable homes. 
made from the straw bale Making homes for the homeless as we impale The heads of politicians on spikes on city gates People have the power now And it relates to the powerlessness that we felt in the past It's time to open up the prisons with dynamite blasts The CEOs can beat down and executed in retrofusion For the world they polluted Bring worker control into the workplace Syndicated democratic in order to erase the positions of power Privilege, oppression, freedom is more than the right to ask questions It's physical, emotional, sexual, spiritual Expressed differently by every individual Not defined by your clothes or what's in your purse I use the second amendment when they take away the first Cause empires fall when the people rise up How many folks got to die before we rise up? We're getting burned, got to learn to get the fuck up Whole world's gonna change from that as we stand up Now everybody in the audience put your fist up If you down to make a change and fuck some shit up All of y'all against the wall so you better raise it up I'm lighting fires in your mind, that's how I blaze it up